Today on Living in the Word with Dr. Gary Yates. God had redeemed Israel out of Egypt and God had provided grace for his people. God says, I'm I'm laying this law in front of you and you can obey it and keep it. But ultimately it would require an even greater act of salvation. Hi, I'm Gary Yates, pastor of Living Word Baptist Church in Forest, Virginia. Thank you for joining us for another segment of Living in the Word. We are continuing to study the biblical covenants and and spending some time looking at the Mosaic Covenant and its role and purpose and function in the working out of salvation history. This is a major part of the story of the Old Testament, and, and the law was central to Israel's relationship with God. In our last study, we talked about the positive features of the law, that the law was not designed to curse Israel. The law was not a legalistic system of rules that Israel uh, was going to have to live out and follow. But there's a love relationship. There's a grace relationship that's reflected uh, in the Mosaic Covenant. God had saved and redeemed his people. God had given them a law that they could uh, know know and understand what he expected from them. Uh, But the, 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 the bigger issue is that there's, there's a huge problem in the story of the working out of the Mosaic Covenant uh, that we see over and over again in the Old Testament. And the, the problem is that in the larger story of the Old Testament, instead of these positive features and instead of uh, the reflections of, of, of grace and people loving the Lord and following the Lord, there's this, there's this story of a recurring failure on the part of the people uh, to keep the commandments. And ultimately, because of their disobedience, uh, they experienced the judgment of exile uh, rather than uh, the judgment of blessing in the land that God had given to them. The problem was not with God's law. God's law was holy. It was good. It it, it provided um, a way of living that enabled Israel to, to be righteous and to reflect God's character to the nations. The problem is that the law was written on stone, and the people could read it and obey it but they also had hearts of stone. And there would have to be a greater work of grace and redemption that would ultimately enable the people to obey. So I want us to see how that negative story of Israel's disobedience, how does that fit into the story of salvation history? Why, why is there this just overwhelmingly negative um, story about Israel's failure to keep the law? And then how, how, does this, how does this relate to the larger story of salvation history? I think we're reminded in all of this that even the failures of of God's people cannot thwart uh, his ultimate plan of salvation. And and even the story of failure in the Old Testament is uh, is helping us to take a positive step forward in the working out of salvation history because God is helping to show our need for a Savior and our need for something more uh, for, for God's people to become what he wanted them to be. So let's uh, let's just get into the story of uh, of the failure of Israel to keep the law. That that failure is there from the very beginning. We mentioned this in the last episode. Um, Israel is worshiping the golden calf uh, in, in Exodus thirty two at Mount Sinai, while Moses is still up on the mountain receiving the commandments. Idolatry was the most serious sin in the Mosaic Covenant. It was treason against God, their king. And, and that's part of the story right from the very beginning. 
We also read in Numbers chapter 24, the Israelites are seduced into worshiping this false god, Baal, that would become a part of their history. Uh, you know, in the rest of the Old Testament, thousands of Israelites died. There's more judgment in the story. So right at the very beginning, in the wilderness, uh, there's a story of failure. Um, in Ezekiel chapter 20, the prophet Ezekiel says that every generation in Israel, uh, you know, from the time that they were in Egypt, even before the Exodus, to the generation that was later taken away into exile, all of them were guilty of idol worship, the, the central covenant sin within the Mosaic Covenant. When Israel is in the land, uh, book of Joshua, they conquer the land. Then we go to the book of Judges. And in the book of Judges, we have a story of failure. There is a recurring cycle of sin, punishment, cry for help, deliverance. And when God delivers the people, they enjoy peace and prosperity for a time. Then they, uh, the, the cycle starts all, all over again when they turn to other gods and the cycle repeats itself over and over and over and, and, and actually gets worse every time the cycle repeats itself. The historical books uh, in the Old Testament focusing on the, the time of the kings and the story of the kings inform us that both Israel and Judah were sent into exile because both the king and the people failed to keep God's commandments. Uh, so we read this in 2 Kings chapter 18, verses 11 to 12. Why did the northern kingdom of Israel go into exile? The writer says, The king of Assyria carried the Israelites away to Assyria, verse 12, because they did not obey the voice of the Lord their God, but transgressed his covenant, even all, the, even all that Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded them. They neither listened nor disobeyed. So if you obey, you'll be blessed. If you disobey, you'll be cursed. The ultimate curse uh, was, was exile. And the writer of Kings says that explains why the exile happened. God did not fail Israel. Israel failed the Lord. Unfortunately, the southern kingdom of Judah did not learn from what happened to Israel because uh, less than 150 years later, the southern kingdom of Judah went into exile in Babylon. And 2 Kings chapter 21 says this, um, the Lord says, I will forsake the remnant of my heritage and give them into the hand of their enemies, and they shall become a prey and spoil to all their enemies. Okay, judgment, uh, invasion, exile. Why? Verse 15, because they have done what is evil in my sight and have provoked me to anger since the day their fathers came out of Egypt, even to this day. So from the very beginning until now, they have disobeyed the Lord. So Israel into exile 722 uh, with Assyria, uh, Judah into exile 586, uh, the Babylonians come and destroy the city of Jerusalem. Now, the prophetic books that we have in the Old Testament, these writing prophets appear around 750 BC uh, as God is preparing to send this judgment of exile during the time of the kings. And the prophet's role is to serve as God's covenant messengers. Uh, they are ambassadors of the king, and, and their job is to remind the people uh, of their covenant responsibilities. They are also prosecuting attorneys that are convicting the people of, um, of their violations of the covenant and warning them that they had broken the covenant, they needed to repent, and if they did not repent, then judgment was forthcoming, and uh, that judgment would ultimately take the form of them being removed from the land. So Moses, before Israel entered the promised land, had said, if you disobey, the covenant curses are coming. 
Uh, the prophets, hundreds of years later, Israel is in the land. They have been there for centuries. And the prophet's message is, you've broken the commandments. The covenant curses that Moses warned you about are here. And so I think a, a reflection of how the prophets served as prosecuting attorneys and messengers of the covenant is reflected very clearly in Hosea chapter 4, verses 1 and 2, because we hear a reference here to the Ten Commandments and how Israel has broken them. So the prophet says, uh, Hosea 4, 1 and 2, Hear the word of the Lord, O children of Israel, for the Lord has a controversy or a lawsuit or a case. So we can imagine kind of the courtroom setting here with the inhabitants of the land. There is no faithfulness or steadfast love. There is no knowledge of God in the land. And then notice how the Ten Commandments uh, are reflected in what he says next. There is swearing, there is lying, murder, stealing, and committing adultery. They break all bounds, and bloodshed follows bloodshed. You've broken the commandments. You need to make a U-turn with your life and repent. And if you do not, then judgment is coming. Now, when the prophets talked about this judgment, they were not just selecting sort of random calamities and random disasters. They were going back to the covenant curses we talked about uh, in the previous segment from Leviticus 26, Deuteronomy 28, and the specific things that Moses said, this is what will happen if you disobey God. The, the, the prophets are announcing those curses are here. So we see this, I think, very clearly in the book of Amos. Amos is kind of a prototypical prophet. It's a prototypical prophetic book. And uh, here's, here's the charge that Amos brings against the people, and here's what's happened to them. Uh, Amos 4.6, I gave you cleanness of teeth in all of your cities and lack of bread in all of your places, yet you have not returned to me. Verse 7, I, I have withheld the rain from you when there were yet three months to the harvest. I would send rain on one city and send no rain on another. One field would have rain, and on the field which it did not rain, um, the field would wither. So two or three cities would wander to another city to drink water, and they would not be satisfied, yet you did not return to me. Um, verse 9, I struck you with blight and mildew. I ruined your crops, yet you did not return to me. The locusts devoured them. Verse 10, I sent among you a pestilence after the manner of Egypt. I killed your young men with the sword. I carried away your horses. I made the stench of your camp go up into your nostrils, yet you did not return to me. And then finally, verse 11, I overthrew some of you as when God overthrew Sodom and Gomorrah, yet you did not return to me. So Hosea or Amos is not just picking out random judgments. He's going back to the specific covenant curses in Deuteronomy 28. God has brought these on you. You have not listened. You have not paid attention. You have not changed your ways. And so as a result of that, the judgment of exile is coming uh, in the future. So the Mosaic law was a blessing for Israel as they lived in covenant with God. But the working out of the larger story of salvation, I, I think the law that it reflects the negative purpose of showing the people that they could not keep the commandments on their own and they needed a savior. So here, here's, here's the real problem. Here's the issue. The central problem with the Mosaic Covenant and why this story did not turn out more positively is that the Mosaic Covenant was a national covenant between God and Israel. And so as a national covenant, that included all the people that were part of the, the nation, the commonwealth of Israel, 
And that means the covenant involved both believers and unbelievers. And so it was that unbelieving part of Israel, that part of the population, which seems to most often have been the majority, that did not know the Lord in any real and personal way. And and as a result of that, they did not have the grace or the spiritual enablement or the Holy Spirit power to obey the law that God had given them. God had redeemed Israel out of Egypt, and God had provided grace for his people. God says, I'm, I'm, I'm laying this law in front of you, and you can obey it and keep it. But ultimately, it would require an even greater act of salvation and an even more powerful pouring out of God's grace and God's spirit to, to capture the hearts of the people uh, you know, as a whole, as a collective whole, so that they would love the Lord and, and that would be the thing that would ultimately turn their hearts of stone into hearts of flesh. Uh, it would take God sending his son into the world to die for sin. It would take God's own son laying down his life for sinful humans so that people could fully realize how much and, re- and recognize how fully God loves them. And that would be the thing that ultimately would turn them away from their sin so that they could love, trust, and obey God in the way that the covenant designed. The story uh, of of Israel's failures, we might look at this and say, what was wrong with Israel? Why didn't they just follow the Lord and obey him like they should have? But the story of Israel and its failures is not just about their failure. It's not just about their inability to keep God's commandments. The story of Israel is really the story of the rest of humanity as well. Uh, The Bible reflects like Gentiles were no more able to keep the moral laws that God had given to them and had planted within their hearts and consciences than Israel was able to keep the laws that God had revealed to Moses at Mount Sinai. When we turn to the New Testament, Romans 6 and 7 teach that Jews and Gentiles are both under the law. And and in in a negative way, because they need to be delivered from the bondage of their disobedience. Galatians 3 says, Christ redeemed us from the curse of the law, and he includes Gentiles within the us that have been redeemed. So the biblical story is not just that Israel has a problem. Jews were sinners with the law, and Gentiles were sinners without the law. The story of the Mosaic Covenant reflects failure, but that's an important part of salvation history. It's a failure that reminds us of why we need a Savior. It's a failure that is moving forward the story of salvation history and, 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 and giving us this hope that ultimately Jesus would bring forgiveness, grace, and hope by reversing that failure and bringing salvation, deliverance, grace, and empowerment to live and obey for God, uh, to live and obey God for all who believe Him and trust in Him as their Savior. This story of failure is ultimately leading us to Jesus.